Hello, and welcome to Mindful Makers with me, Sahara Milani. This is a show that encourages you to be unapologetically yourself and explore and unpack what you're passionate about and what brings you joy and purpose in the modern world. Our podcast today is centered around a brand and its creators that are very close to my heart. A brand that is immersed in meaning, conscientious living, and creating a cleaner, more ethical way of wearing linen, which is very much needed in a region where temperatures can get beyond 50 degrees Celsius in the summer. The brand I'm talking about is Nature Hedonist, and it's down-to-earth, incredibly charismatic founders, Gulnar and Julia. Welcome to the show, girls. Thank you. Hi. Hi. Right. So it's always very interesting, I think, to see the point of creation when it comes to your own business. And I know that you've been in business since um, it was a sort of journey that you went through together in lockdown. But what was the catalyst that actually led to the creation of Nature Hedonist between you two? I want to go to Julia first, because I'm very interested to see how you approached this with your friends, right? Yeah, we met in a yoga class and that time we hang out for <laughs> a few months, always talking about plans for the future. And But first you have to say that you found me arrogant. Yeah, <laughs> that's the best part of the story. It's why all of a sudden this polished version, we hang out, we were friends, <laughs> unicorns and stuff. <laughs> So, yeah, let's uh, the nitty-gritty. Yeah. Give us the dad. Yeah, I just want to try to be like <laughs> perfect partner <laughs> with a nice story. <laughs> yeah, you know, as usually they say, like, good friendship starts when you start hate each other. So when we first met with Gulnar, she even didn't say me hi. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, what's like arrogant person she is? Of course, probably it's coming from our culture or she just doesn't like me. After a while, yes. That's like a default with, setting in our culture. Yeah. <laughs> Why do I have to like you? Like. <laughs> yeah, probably we don't like each other, you know, we're not like Italians when we meet each other. And it's like, oh, brother or sister. He's like, okay, we are from the same part of the country. <laughs> probably we don't need to be friends. Yeah. And then it's after that, a couple of months probably passed before first we start talk to each other. Mm. And it was a conversation in our changing room after a class that I was talking with other friends about the book that time I was reading. What was the name? Radical Forgiveness. Yeah, Radical Forgiveness. How ironic. Yeah. <laughs> that time I just mentioned that and Gulna just turned her head and started comment, <laughs> giving a comment. <laughs> yeah, that it was also the book that changed uh, like her path or some situation in her life. Yeah. Mm influenced a lot and then when it's we continue our discussion probably in some restaurant i don't remember yeah like after it was class. another time when we went to jebel ali because julia is a kite surfer so and i am a photographer so she promised to show the best sunset in <laughs> dubai <laughs> yeah <laughs> unicorns actually yeah. yeah and we ended up talking for 10 hours i think wow yeah we went to some asian place in glt yeah, afterwards midnight, yeah, yeah everything mm -hmm. was closed so 
basically, you presented Golnar with romantic propositions, eventually, <laughs> and you also gave her a problem to solve, which is something that she really likes to do. Yeah, that's for and sure. She also, like hinted that she was a spiritual person with a radical forgiveness book. So all the, she pressed all the right buttons. Yeah, yeah. So. From that, when, once you'd actually ignited a connection, what led to wanting to give birth to this beautiful brand and why particularly the UAE and Dubai? So basically, one thing I really clicked with Julia is how like, I felt there was so much stamina in her. And I tried to do so-called fashion business with my friends before. I was never solid. Like it was always friendship first, and then we can do maybe some business. So with Julia, what I liked, she was very structured. And she said, she immediately started talking about numbers and investments and licensing and agreements. I felt there was something that I had always been lacking. And I felt that she was the right person for me in that stage of my life where I could just focus on my creativity without thinking about, because I was always the one thinking about all the details. And all of a sudden I met a person who actually thinks even of more details than I do. Mm. And I felt so safe and connected in that. And the rest was just details, like what exactly we wanted to do. She was and the business that was very successful, but was exhausting her from the sense of lifestyle. I was in the stage of my life where I was so exhausted with my personal drama and things that were like not stable. So we clicked also on that level. We're like, is there a way to do business in a fun way without yeah. being exhausted, like almost in a feminine way, not masculine. Like, okay, we learned how to do business in a masculine way, being tough, being overstretching yourself, putting yeah. pressure on people and on yourself. But maybe there is. So that's why I think there was a lot of seriousness and solidness from the beginning, but there was also a lot of lightness. Yeah. It sounds like you sort of, she's the yin to your yang in a way or vice versa. So that gives you a little bit of... I always forget which one is... Doesn't matter. Basically, yeah. <laughs> that's all we need to think about. As long as there's a balance, because I think that is really the beauty of a really successful partnership, balancing each other out, playing to each other's strengths, which I can see works really well within the business because it's reflected in the way that you communicate the products. It's reflected in the way that the customer's perceive you, which is really important because you need to be able to walk the talk in retail. You can't just keep saying that this is what you're about, but not really doing it. And I think what I love about your brand is that you really embody this natural approach that comes from within rather than this dictating or dictated idea of what running a business should be like and how you as business owners should be. And I think, Julia, you've been on a journey with that yourself from what we've spoken about, which I'd love for our listeners to know more about this idea of how you fit within that world, having left your previous job and the idea of what it means to, I guess, produce or be productive in that world, in your new world and how you, you switched your ideas around that, your journey with Nature Hedonist. Yeah, I had a company for interior design. So when I was working for, I was running it for five years. It's actually also was like, you know, the 
thing that I like to do. It was very inspiring and especially I think like the best thing of that, it allowed me to know the local culture better because mostly all of my clients, 90% were local ladies or local families. And you know, when you do a project, it takes like for sometimes like from minimum eight months to 15 months that I work inside the family. You become like a part, like a sister, I know a friend of the ladies with whom I worked. And that was the interesting part of that because it really brought me like to knowing the culture. Also, let's say I did design, but also knowing what they are wearing and uh, climate wise, you know, like and usually I found myself like working in the 50 degrees, like in a half construction house, constructed houses, you know, with no AC by that time, choosing for them the right materials. And I was wearing that time synthetic clothes, you know, high heels. <laughs> You know, that I always feel also exhausted out of that because it's like, my God, why no one here invents something like, you know, that can allow you to, to enjoy, you know, I like, have to do it myself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of, yeah, you know, and running that business from one part, it's very beautiful. That is a project wise. And like, as I said, you know, you work direct with the people. That's the beauty of that. But then I wanted having also by that time, something more stable in terms of, let's say, income, because project-wise, okay, you can get big amount of money, but then three, four months because of constant delays here with the construction or other things, you always live in that insecurity a little bit. Oh, what? And I was a lot by myself here. I didn't have extra internal, extra support. So you just rely on yourself all the time. And then I, for the past two years, I was thinking about, I would like to have some other business, more like retail, e-commerce or something. And a lot of people approached me, but nothing inspired me because like, okay, I know how to run business. It's not something like that difficult. <laughs> Sometimes it's how it seems, but I wanted to do something meaningful. And then when I met Gulnar, so that's how she approached me because she said, I checked our human design that maybe we will talk about it later. What is that? How it helped us? And she said like, you know what? Like we have that channel that we can do big, great project together. <laughs> <laughs> that was her approach, you know, towards yeah. me. So that was the big challenge, but it's something was exciting because that was something new in the market. So we brought actually something that was not used before here mm. and challenge because you need to, let's say, introduce this to people, impact on them, you know, why is that, you know, and I remember yeah. first when we just started, like me and Gulnar, we were ourselves like to explain to the clients, like, you know, why, because all this we had like, ah, oh, can we have exactly like this, but not wrinkled? wrinkled. Yeah. yeah. And we were like, that was the most often frequent questions that we received. So ourselves, we educate people from the beginning. Mm -hmm. That was nice journey. Everyone using here like synthetic abides, they flowy nicely. Like why should they go for something new? You know, like that can easily wrinkle. Yeah, yeah, especially so that, you know, like, but that's what we try to explain from the beginning. That is the beauty. Let's say we found a product that's really interesting. And as a partners, like we clicked, yeah. I think like, okay, finally, you know what I had in my head, it could be. Yeah. So it's slowly at the beginning of we, both of us, like we decided it will be our second business just as a fun, a let's hustle. see yeah, what's coming out of that, just without any expectation or something like that. But then slowly, slowly, you know, I find myself just, it's like hundred percent dedicated to this and mm. that's what I love. And we have big ideas and big plans, what we still want to 
achieve. Achieve and show. And we are just two years that we are soon celebrate next month mm. that birthday of our brand. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, it's wonderful to witness the journey of this brand specifically because like you said it's very tailored towards the region and it brings elements of nature into it that are so intrinsically linked to our everyday lives that we're not even aware of it. And the versatility of the product is also something that I think is incredibly relevant because you go from being in a very hot place to a cold place suddenly with the AC and everything. And also you want silhouettes that can work from night to day or depending on which crowd you're in. And, and then to lay that on top of the particular colors that you choose and the way that in which you work with elements is really interesting. There's elements of earth, air, water, etc. And I think that brings it back to such a more meaningful way of working in retail that actually adds value to your customers' lives rather than just being an add-on. Yeah, and also makes it kind of playful for us as well. Yeah, you know, it's like a journey of self-exploration. How can we all go back to our nature, to the nature of ourselves and which element is prevailing in a certain stage of our life? Because clothes are something that should not be collecting dust in a closet. It should be something close to your heart, to your body. Yeah, absolutely. I really want to touch on something that Julia said earlier about human design. But before I go there, because it's fascinating, I want to talk briefly about the nature of the linen that you use. So Julia mentioned before in her previous life, she noticed she was wearing high heels and synthetic clothing. And it's true. I mean, the majority of fast fashion out there and majority of what people tend to wear is man-made material and very chemically intensive products. So linen itself is made from flax plants, right? Yes. And that's a plant which can grow without the need of fertilizers and pesticides, which I love. Generally. And also not so much water, like cotton, for example. Yeah. 20 times less water. 20 times less water. And I read somewhere that the way that linen is grown is that it actually takes CO2 out of the atmosphere. So I think there was a fact somewhere that said for all the linen that's grown in Europe, around 250,000 tons of CO2 is removed from the atmosphere each year. And that basically equates to driving around the planet 22,000 times. Wow. That's a lot of CO2. That's a lot of CO2. Yeah. Is that the reason you've decided to use linen? And why is your linen so different from everything else that's out there? Well, first of all, as Julia mentioned earlier, linen is so familiar in our post-Soviet culture. It was something that was like part of our everyday life. Maybe without all the beautification, just like very practical. At the same time, we were always fascinated how much you can do with linen. And from a production, from a manufacturing perspective, it's quite a challenging material. It's a quite challenging fabric because it's very porous, like human hair, because it's natural. It has its fiber. So it's unpredictable. So, you know, it's so much easier to cut the synthetic fabric in a certain sense. However, the way it ages, the way it gives that sensation to our skin, as something that was so beautiful about it. 
that's why that was the first reason we went for linen. Second, when we started to do research about the source, how it's sourced, how it's softened afterwards without chemicals, but with water or mechanically, still the same way like it was done 5,000 years ago. We fell in love even more. And then the fact that the whole plant is used, the flax seeds go into nutrition, food industry, basically the stems go into fiber. Yeah. And how the whole agriculture process around linen is so much more natural than cotton. How the soil is regenerated. That's why linen cannot be grown all over the world. It grows in specific climate, mostly in Europe. And why our linen is different. First of all, it's certified. There are three or four internationally acknowledged certificates and all of them come from Europe because that's the motherland of that beautiful fiber. So we have two of those certificates, European flags and Oyokotex. So that just nobody in the region, none of the brand uh, uses it as we did our research. So we can claim that. And uh, so when people come and say, where is Yulinen from? We, we know we like did our homework. Yeah. We know actually where it's coming from. We even know the crop because that's the requirement because the crop has to come from the organic, environmental friendly place. That's really amazing. Mm -hmm. Traceability, I think, gives you a sense of, I think, deep honesty and transparency about what you do. There's literally nothing that the customer needs to doubt when they come to you because they know that they're getting something and you can feel it I think in the sense of the the textile when you touch it of course there are no pesticides in the linen that you're wearing now Um, (laughs) that's we have two certificates for I am fully branded (laughs) wearing nature hedonist hand on heart (laughs) it is fantastic but coming back to nature I want to talk about your natures so Obviously, there's so many moving parts with what you do. Are there any practices on a daily basis that help you with your work, especially when you get really busy and there's like a thousand plates spinning around you and you don't know which one to do first? How do you ground yourself? What do you bring into that space in order to help you navigate those waters? First of all, I think along when we started the brand, I found that I'm dancing that actually Gulnar brought me to dance. And then she laughed at the first class. And I said, no, me, I never, never go to dance class. And you should try it. It's nice. It's cool. <laughs> she went once and she didn't. I bought <laughs> for the whole month. Whole I month. Think. Yeah. I bought a one year membership that time. <laughs> but sometimes like as here as well, how was like against that, that how I found the most beautiful thing in my life, that kind of dance therapy, I would say, because like, I have, okay, now after two years, my favorite type of dance, you know, I really like enjoy contemporary style. That the only thing by now, that hour or two that I'm spending during the process of learning new steps or like new choreo, is just when I completely switch off my mind. That's mm-hmm. only now one way. Even during meditation that I practice every day, I cannot still reach that state when I just switch off and just in that moment that just 
feel my body, feel the movement, try to learn something. Yeah, that's, I think, that helps me a lot on a daily basis because sometimes when you run your own business, yeah, sometimes like you think, okay, you're going out to do a podcast or interview or, I don't know, lay down on the sofa, but it's 24 hours working process. You know, you never stop. Sometimes I think like, okay, maybe even our staff thinks, okay, she's not doing anything, but you just like thinking constantly, I know hundreds of things at the same time you don't switch off and you know but that's the most challenging thing in the business so and then when you find something it can be whatever in my case is dancing when i just can stop myself for an hour of thinking that gives you a new let's say you charge yourself in a sense you're tired after the class it's a lot of physical exercise like movements and cardio and whatever but somehow you feel like rejuvenates you yeah and how about you gulnar what practices sort of bring you into a space of feeling grounded and I guess gives you the power to be able to get through moments of plate spinning and craziness in the business? So for me, it's less on the emotion side, like for Julia. For me, it's more creating space where I'm less overwhelmed with expectations from the outside because I'm very sensitive to reading those expectations. And again, it's my responsibility. So for me, I would say yoga, still a little bit of ashtanga that I practice at home in my room. Or if I go outside to community yoga, it's definitely kundalini. I like the flowness of that and the physical challenge. And five rhythms, because, you know, I find it a beautiful healing medicine as you said the other day I loved it it's uh, body and soul medicine so for me it's just about finding that space to process everything that is happening with me you know all the projections and expectations I catch and I become sensitive to Um, so I need to create that mind space to process them in order to find the healthiest reaction the most authentic and natural. That's amazing, actually, to be able to, I guess, bring so much variety into your toolbox as well to help you pick and choose depending on the also the mood you're in. Yeah, so sometimes it can be energy. not a physical practice. Sometimes it can be a mental practice, reading, exploring some new tool like human design. Yeah, and very just, interesting. <laughs> yeah. So coming for the listeners that aren't familiar with Five Rhythms, Five Rhythms is a movement meditation practice that was devised by a wonderful woman called Gabrielle Ross in the late 1970s. And it draws from world traditions and uses strands of mystical and Eastern philosophy. It also draws from the Gestalt therapy, the human potential movement and transpersonal psychology. Basically what it is, is it's this idea put into practice that the body in motion stills the mind and can give you that space that I guess Julia was also talking about through her dance, where the movement of her body brings this incredible moment of clarity and stillness and stops you off that treadmill. So these are great and powerful tools and people can look it up if they want, but it's definitely something that's changed my life as well in terms of the way that I run my business and my daily practices. So coming to human design, I'm very curious, do you use that in, I guess, running your business in any way, or is it just a thing that you have in your own head and only refer to it for personal reasons? 
Well, for both of us, our business, as Julia mentioned, is 100% focus of, it's basically our lifestyle. And uh, we're also friends, Julia, and we had our own challenges in communicating to each other in the past. So for me personally, human design helped a lot to understand nature of Julia that is so different from mine. And what's Julia's type? Manifesto. And what's yours? Uh, manifesting generator. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I discovered that, I mean, of course, I had known that Julia was a manifesto since um, like first time we met, but I wasn't so aware what are specifics of how manifestors have to recharge. And so I was quite demanding in my head towards like what Julia should perform as a partner without maybe appreciating like on an energy level what she was bringing on the table as a partner. So, you know, as a manifesting generator, I have so much energy that never stops. It's like recharged automatically. And with manifestors, it's differently. They have impulses. They're more strategic. They're more focused on the end result. Whereas we generators are more focused on the process, the juiciness. And yeah. we're like, why? How can you not enjoy that? And sometimes we get stuck too much in the process. And that's yeah. when we need manifestors to come and kick our asses. <laughs> <laughs> Because they're so impatient. I think it's really beautiful when you take time out to really look at the nature and the essence of whoever it is that you're interacting with or partnering with, even in sort of friendships or relationships, because we're able to remove the filter of our own perception of what that world is like and just open up to the possibility of all the different ways in which it can unravel. It also brings a lot of compassion. Sometimes we have hundreds of work group chats on Telegram, on WhatsApp, on Instagram. And sometimes me and Julia, we all we do is read all the messages from the team all over the world. And there are some chats where there are two manifesting generates, one of which is me, are chatting about processes endlessly. And then I just imagine Julia sometimes how she reads all of this and how her energy becomes so drained as a manifesto. She's like, what are these two manifesting generators are endlessly talking? And that is the moment where I feel compassion for her. And that pushes me to drive the process to the end result. Because, you know, like, for example, our fashion consultant, she's also manifesting generators. So imagine me and her, we can go endlessly about certain varieties and possibilities. How can this be done? And then Julia comes once in a while and says, OK, I don't get it. What do I have to pay for? And this and this. And then yeah. she comes with specific and narrows down mm. to the essence. And that's the time where the tools like human design, they help to bring compassion. Yeah. you know, into communication and say, okay, we have to be mindful and respectful of different... Of what's going on. And also, I think, playing to each other's strength. I firmly believe that you wouldn't put a cactus in the middle of the Arctic. You make sure that you use the beauty and the power in something to its strengths and you harness and hold the weaknesses in a loving and tender way because 
they can also lead to strengths eventually. It's not necessarily one is good or bad or the other. It's just how you flow through that movement in life. Oh, and by the way, for the listeners that aren't really sure about human design and they're thinking, what on earth is she going on about? Who are these these women? What are they chatting about? So human design basically combines astrology, the I Ching, Kabbalah and Vedic philosophy. And it's centered around the idea and notion that there are personalities that are split into five energy types and each person has this specific kind of energy and it helps people know how to exchange that energy between them. So there are manifestors, generators, manifesting generators, projectors and reflectors. And you can look it up more if you want, but it really has a lot of details into down to even how you eat food and what makes you feel more comfortable in your body because that's the way that you were designed to move through the world. It's fascinating for me personally. And to see women who are running their own business and looking at the deeper ways in which they can connect in more meaningful ways to their team, I think is the building block of the future. We're kind of done with this idea that there's a system and then you have to play into the system and that's how you work and that's how you're productive and you have meetings and Excel spreadsheets and that's the end of it. There's so much, like you've touched on earlier, a more feminine, but also a more human, I think, not just feminine. It's a human way of living and breathing a business. Exactly. Yeah. More it's intuitive. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like back to our nature as well. They said like back to nature because you have this emotion that coming out or like your the way you feel, but you never tell this to other person because, okay, you think it doesn't suit business partnership as it has to be. At that point, you know, when we finish our first year and I had a meeting like with our accountant and he said like, wow, it's so successful startup. You girls, you have to continue. And I said to him, you know what, probably we even think about to close it because we go and get along, cannot find that inspiration anymore because of that routine that we faced every day and was drained us. And because we were not care about ourselves because instead of going maybe and dance more, I thought at the moment I have to stop that because to-do list that you have, you know, to complete that and they, it, they were endless. And then that time, I think the first tool that we used it was we decided to took a coach that really helped us just at least to see if we can do something more than like to not just close and was that a business that. coach or it was a first it was first like a life, a coach, life coach but then yeah. we hired a business coach we worked as, with her as a business coach mm. for partnership, yeah, partnership and building a yeah. team that mm. what she helped us is really how to communicate and the first thing out of that is take care of ourselves absolutely like, yeah because yeah. how is important our mental state our physical state and when you're drained and tired of course you cannot even not you're not happy to do the things anymore. And then this human design, when we started to see like, and trying, Gulnar was like trying to understand the nature of each of us, why in some situation I react on that or she reacts like this. And we find out our strengths in different ways and to different, yeah, not because we arrived at the stage, we started to compete to each other, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, you know, running the same business and like having this same baby, but who is like the better parent or I don't know kind of that even relationship, you know, but, and it's difficult to combine when you have friendship because at some point and it's okay, if we close the business, probably we'll never be continue to be friends because it can be painful or whatever, you know, so it was difficult to understand that, that it can be like process or accept even that thought in your mind. Absolutely. 
So when we yeah, start to be more conscious about ourselves, about our strengths or weaknesses, why is like this or why is like that, everything like just we had this flow <laughs> again, it's starting. And I think things, it's really when you just, I think it's just working productive four hours per day, give you much more result when you like working constantly 10 hours, you know, draining your energy and like you don't reach the results that you want. It's almost like this inner knowing, this inner exploration helps you to actually handle the world better. Like in order to handle the world you need to know how to handle yourself yeah that's true that's a really key thing here and so frequently when we're busy with everything that's around us it's very easy to blame the external world and say that's the reason why this isn't working but actually when you go within it's all a reflection actually of your own inner self and the more you're able to enrich that love it take care of it the more that you're able to give space for others to be able to show up as well. I think that's really interesting. And that the one thing I can really see that's happened within the last few, two years of you learning through the business is you managed to get yourself into a routine, which you found to be a rut. And then through exploration, coaching, and all the other mindful practices that you're engaging in, you were able to make ritual out of the routine which is basically ritual is routine infused with mindfulness. Yeah. It helps you to move in a more conscious way through something that can be quite mundane, but actually you see a purpose to it. You see an end to it and it doesn't drain you as much. It actually lifts you, like you said at the end. Yeah. And it's also like a self-investment. At the end of the day, both me and Julia, we agreed on one thing. If that business that we have is helping us to maintain the self-exploration and the growth journey, then it's amazing. It's a win-win anyway. It's like uh, we make, like the other day we did some calculations. There were like 15,000 pieces sold by Nature Hedonist. And as I imagine all this thousand people, (laughs) thousands of people wearing our brand and being happy and mindful. It's so nice. Yeah. Yeah, It's like sometimes you go to Five Rhythms or Kundalini or dance class and then you see someone wearing our pants or, and it's really warming. So it's nice to combine these three things, self-exploration, which I find self-investment, then investing into community and people around the world, and also building something that is financially uh, sustainable and successful. Yeah, that's amazing. So to wrap up the day, I just wanted to first and foremost, thank you so much for your time, because I know that it's very busy time for you in the world. And I really appreciate you being here with me today. And I wanted to ask you two questions that I find particularly interesting just for my own personal use. One would be, what song would you say embodies the spirit of Nature Hedonist? And I'm not going to ask you, Gulnar, because I know that you love good music. (laughs) Yeah, but most of the music I listen to, it doesn't have lyrics. So now it's a bit tricky. So two songs come to my mind. One is by Angan, Snow in Sahara. So now I'm trying to recall the lyrics. I hope they are not against the values of our brand. (laughs) Whenever I listen to that song, maybe it's a bit cheesy, but I think 
We are snow in Sahara. It's like we went against the flow and uh, having a very strong charts in human design, me and Julia, we both have manifesting power and so much impatience towards conventional things. We're building our own flow. We're having our own snow yeah. in Sahara. Well, that's beautiful. <laughs> I'm definitely going to check out. We should song. add this song in our playlist. I hope the lyrics <laughs> are not cheesy, but even if they are, who cares? The music and the voice, her voice is fascinating. It's about the spirit of it anyway. It's the spirit. It's so dreamy and it's like unconventional. So yeah, and it's related to nature. And okay, we're not in Sahara, but we are in the desert. And yes, you are. Yeah, and we're bringing some cool, fresh ideas to the desert. Yeah. So let it be yeah. snow and Sahara. Okay. I won't even mention the other song. Okay, fine. I'm sending you on a trip to the moon and you can only take one item from your collection. <laughs> what would you take with you, Julia? Yeah, of course, I have favorite piece in our wardrobe. Probably Gulnar like would say that's the most common piece. <laughs> but I don't know, I just love it from the day one. It's our Zahara short. Zahara and Sahara. Yeah. <laughs> I'm seeing a theme here. <laughs> yeah, you know, that can be, yeah. I don't go to any travel without that. And I think all my traveling pictures just in that short, even having like 20 other items. But yeah. I think this is Julia my... Zahara short traveled all over the world. Yeah. <laughs> Does it have its own Instagram account? Uh, yeah, soon. <laughs> coming soon. So coming soon. <laughs> yeah, I think that one. It's one of our signature pieces, but not that represents, let's say, our iconic collection. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, one other thing came to my mind, actually, that I'd like to ask, which is I was reading the names of your products and I was fascinated by the different names that come up. Where do you get the inspiration for them? <laughs> Is it a big secret? You're not allowed to do No, it's actually, uh, it's a next to-do list for our marketing team to communicate that story. It's a cool story, you know, when mm. there were times when uh, it was just two of us and we would come with the names. And the original idea was to take words from different languages that represent either plant name or tree name or something nature related, like ocean, for example. You know, so we took... Uh, Different languages, Arabic, Japanese. Yeah, so Zahara is like seed or our tamarisk coat. Tamarisk is the name of the tree uh, that can survive in any harsh climate. Oh, mm. God. <laughs> yes, definitely. The one that you're wearing today. I know. I love <laughs> and lily top that you're wearing, it's, of course, lily, you know. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that with me. And thank you for your time. Thank you for giving us a little bit of a insight, opening that lovely window into the world of nature hedonist and your <laughs> minds and your spirits and your lives. It's truly fascinating. And I think that if it can inspire or give anybody else out there this courage that you don't have to walk this path that is very conventional and yeah. be that's not the only path to success. There are so many ways in which you can do it. And as mindful makers, I think I can really see that in you guys. So thank you so much. Thank, thank you. We you. should definitely hire you as our copywriter. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wonderful piece of flattery and I will take that with me. Thank you very much. <laughs> what an incredibly fun and effervescent chat that was. I loved watching the dynamics between Gulnar and Julia unfold 
and I'm so grateful to them for sharing the essence of their partnership and how they work towards balance in their inner and outer worlds. What I think is the key takeaway from it is investing in yourselves is equally as important, if not more, as investing in your business, because that way you're able to show up as the best version of yourself in the world. And so often it is overlooked in the pursuit of success and growth. If you'd like to know more about Nature Hedonist and the Girls, check out the show notes for more details. And to stay up to date on the show and more, feel free to follow us on Instagram at sorsha.marketing or subscribe to the podcast and let the world of mindful makers become part of yours too. Until next time, stay open, stay mindful, and I'll catch you on the flip side.